You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, 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 welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch. And today I'm giving you three habits to work on to become a better boss. And I think it's so, uh, I'm so excited because I'm actually going to be doing a five-part series on this, but this is a little teaser into it. And it's this fact that being a good boss is so much different Well, I guess I wouldn't say so much different, but being a good leader is not the same thing as being a boss. And being a boss is almost like a leader with like a plus sign, you know, at the top or like Apple plus uh, or something like that. It's like, I think like being a boss is like a leader plus, like uh, you have, there's so many more things that you have to work on to be in skills, like actual skills that you need to develop. You, of course, you need to work on your leadership skills, but being a boss requires you to work on other things that aren't always required to be a good leader. Now, I might get some hate, but there are times in which I think that Elon Musk is a really good leader for the world, right? He has a vision. He is leading us to do things that we haven't thought are even possible before, right? He's leading us to develop stuff that have a good impact on the world. That said, he is shitty boss. He lacks boss skills. And so they're very different. They're not very different, but there are different nuances that make them different. And so I'm going to talk about that later this year. But for now, I am going to give you three habits that you can start working on today to become a better boss. And it's so important that you remember that this is, you're you're constantly learning and trying new things. It's just like if you were going to learn how to be, you know, a software engineer, there's some hard skills you're going to learn and you you have to practice them and you're not going to do well, but you got to practice them. Or like for me, I started taking figure skating lessons again this year. I was a figure skater growing up and there's some skills that I'm working on right now and they're not, I don't always execute them well, but I keep trying. The same is true for being a boss. And I think we forget that. We think we have to be perfect at it right away. So um, it's like intimidating. But now that I'm off of my tangent, you know, I want to give you some of these three habits that can really help you on your journey to being a good boss for your team. And the first one is you need to learn how to communicate effectively and get good at having hard conversations. One, if not the most important skills that a great boss has is that they can, they have the ability to clearly and effectively communicate with their team. This means that you're not only conveying information, but you're also actively listening and understanding the concerns and the ideas of your employees. So to improve your communication skills, here are some things that you can do today. One, practice active listening. Fully focus on the person speaking. 
keep eye contact, and ask questions to make sure you're understanding things correctly. Use clear and concise language. Don't use jargon or complicated terms and like really try to be as straightforward and to the point as possible in your messaging. Paying attention to nonverbal cues. You know, body language and face expressions can convey just as much as the words that you say. So you gotta, you gotta check your face. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so funny, but it's so true. Like you gotta make sure, (laughs) check your face. Oh, I hope you're laughing at that as much as I am. (laughs) We've all had bosses that don't know how to do that. Oh, I think that's why I'm laughing or I've done it before. Anyways, make sure your nonverbal communication is in line with what you're trying to convey. You want to make sure you're paying attention to your body language and your nonverbal cues. And then, of course, seek feedback of always to to try to improve. And then, I mean, you can take – there's so many ways. You can take courses. You can work with a coach. Like it's almost – it's almost like – there's no excuse for having bad communication skills in this environment, in this world, because there's so many things available for you. So take a course or a workshop to learn more about how to become a more effective communicator um, with techniques and strategies. And it's a skill that can be learned. And I think that's something else that frustrates me so much. It's like, oh, I'm just a bad communicator. Okay. So you've just decided that? Like, why don't you decide to become better? It's, It's like... Yeah, you can get better at it. So just commit to it. And I'm still laughing about check your face. I don't know why I think that's so funny. Okay, back on track. So communicate effectively and get good at having hard conversations. Um, The second is to empower your team. A great boss recognizes that, really knows that a team operating together can get way more stuff done and knows a a good boss is able to see the strengths and capabilities of their team and then empower them to, to take ownership of their work and make decisions. So by giving your team the freedom to think for themselves, take on challenges, make decisions, all of those things, you are helping them become like learn and develop on their own and feel confident. Like there's so many benefits that learning how to empower your team um, does. And it takes practice for sure. It takes setting up like processes and procedures and project management tools that allow you to see in real time how things are going so that you don't have to constantly micromanage and check in on your team. If you have the right systems and tools and platforms set up in a way that allows you to like be able to check on the status of anything at any given moment, people are going to feel like they don't, they're not being constantly, I don't know, criticized or micromanaged. Um, And that gives them autonomy. So, or it allows autonomous work, right? Or asynchronous work, I should say. It allows them to work on things without, you know, everyone else having to be present. Um, And then you want to make sure that you're giving them autonomy to make decisions, solve problems on their own. So ask questions. If someone comes to you with a problem, instead of solving it, ask them questions so that they can solve it on their own. 
Make sure you're providing resources and support. You know, ask them regularly, like, what do you need in order to be effective? What tools are you missing? What support do you need? So that could be access to training, access to technology. It could be a bunch of stuff. So make sure you're providing them with what they need. And then, of course, encourage open communication. Give them opportunities for growth. And then make sure you're recognizing them. And we have, you know, we've talked about that so many times on the show, how you need to recognize your team members and make sure they know, you know, that you're noticing the good things that they're doing and you're giving them praise. That's so critical. That's all, that all comes into empowering your team. And then the third is to set clear goals and expectations. And honestly, I almost feel like that is like an extent, it's like a, 1.5, right? It's an extension of communication, but it is a little bit different. So it's so important that you as a boss, you set clear goals and expectations for everybody on your team, both in what needs to be accomplished and how it should be done and like how you want them to act, how they should behave, how people work together. And it makes sure that everyone is on the same page and working together towards a common goal. So if you've ran out and hired people because you feel so overwhelmed, but you haven't taken the steps to set goals for your business or the roles or the departments, they're not going to really know what they're working towards. So you got to take time to really understand what those goals are and how they trickle down to every single department. And then when you're setting goals, you you want to clearly define well, when you're setting goals, you definitely want to be specific, right? You want to use measurable language as much as possible. And you want to then like clearly define how their work contributes to that goal and then follow up on it. Like make sure you're tracking it. Make sure you're having those conversations regularly about how the team is tracking to goals um, and make sure the goals are realistic. Um, So that's like the goal setting part. The, The expectations part is make sure they know exactly what they should be working on and how, when you want them to ask for your input, when you want them to give you updates, right? If you have an expectation and a team member isn't, like if you're frustrated because a team member keeps missing a deadline or not doing what you want, think, I, I, I urge you to think back, like, did I clearly explain to them that I want this report on Saturday, on Fridays before the end of the week? You know, you might be thinking, well, they should just know to send that. Well, no, they shouldn't. You should tell them and then they know, right? So what things are just, have you just implied that you think somebody should know versus what have you actually clearly told them you expect? And I think some people avoid doing that because that feels micromanaging, but it's not. Clearly explaining when and what you expect them to do is not micromanaging following up with them a million times about something that you never told them to do, that's micromanaging and just frankly annoying. But you got to get clear. And then the other part of that is everybody else on the team needs to be clear, needs to, to know who is owning what. So make sure not only are they clear about what they're doing from you, 
but make sure the whole team knows who's doing what, who's accountable to what. And they all know what everybody else is responsible for as well, because then they know who to go ask instead of coming to you for stuff. They may go to the right person right away because they know who is doing what and who is owning what. And so those are really the three things, I mean, three of the many things you have to be good at becoming a better boss, but three things you can really start focusing and habits you can start building. I guess these are less habits and more things to focus on. So communicate effectively, get good at having hard combos, start empowering your team, figure out how to do that and set clear goals and expectations. So I'm so excited for the the mini series coming out later this year about the differences between being a leader and being a boss, but this will at least get you started and on the right track for your team for the rest of the year. So thanks for tuning in and we'll chat with you very soon. Did you know our parent company, People Principles, has some free resources for you to improve your hiring process today? Go download our interview guide, complete with the process mapped out, questions to ask, and description of what you're looking for the next time you interview. Download our free interview guide using the link in the show notes.